So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. I am a green and olive queen. I'm a man hunter. I'm a lover of weed. I will ruin your ovaries. I'll open your spleen. I love it. BPRD. There's no creepy a geek. I got a pool drawer at the comic book store. I got a discount. Wow. And I want Alan Moore or the Mark with the mouth. That's what I'm all about. More green. That's one thing I'm gonna play and geek out. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I'm Matt Cohen, and like the phoenix of lore, we rise, motherfuckers. What's that chant from the from the Batman trailer? What does it mean? It means Bagged and Boarded is back. It, it's rising again in 2012. Uh, I hope you all had a great holiday and or holidays and or depressing time by yourself alone in your room i'm not judging and a fantastic new year's uh and welcome to uh the year of the camel toad it's 2012 bagged and boarded is back every week folks uh i i apologize for for um being as inconsistent a little bit uh in the at the end of the year there but there was a lot happening a lot in the preparations I almost, I almost made that word like four words right there. That's a skill. Um, a lot in the planning stages to make sure 2012 was going to be as awesome as I hoped it would be in it. And it's shaping up to be that. So bagged and boarded it is back. Uh, you're listening to it now. So what's up there? Uh, it'll be one of four episodes of bagged, the way bagged and boarded 5.0 is going to work. Cause again, We've been through some reboots on this guy. Uh, you're gonna get one of four things. You're gonna get a bagged and boarded live, which means me and a celebrity guest chatting it up, like today's episode with the voice of Sir and, oh, I don't know, every anime guy of all time, uh, Mr. Kyle Abair or Hebear or Hebert, whatever you wanna pronounce it with. Um, that'll be today's show. That'll, that's a bagged and boarded live. You might get, oh, a brave and a bold, which is just me and a buddy shooting the shit. You might get something we're calling experts of everything or nothing, which is me and a uh, a fan, um, either of the show or or someone who reached out to me uh, that shares a common interest with me, and we chat about our our respective love on an episode of that. Or we have a new segment um, called Dream Jobs, where I'll be chatting with people who work. Who, who work at some awesome fucking places and you should be very, very jealous of how they get to spend their days. So that's that, basically. That's the plan for B&B. Uh, as, again, if you folks don't know, I do another show now called Smidnight Live every Saturday night on Smartcast.com. You can check it out on iTunes. And that's basically it. Let's get to the fun, yo. Uh, 
And today's episode is a really good one. It's me and the voice of Sir, Mr. Kylie e. Bear, chatting about uh, voiceover work and and uh, how I can make a co- podcast very awkward in the first few minutes with it with by bringing up a presidential assassination when the guy thought we were just here to talk about cartoons. So it's a skill. I don't want to brag. Enjoy. Take it away, me. Bagged and boarded. Live. All right, folks, and welcome to Bagged and Boarded. We've got a uh, a good one for you today. I like to to think I'm a man of many voices, which means I got this voice. I got my voice. I'm trying to when I'm trying to like talk to a girl, I drop it down, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" I I, I throw some gravel in there, and uh, I can do like a mean. Abe Vigoda, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna brag, so I don't wanna do it right now, cause there's a lot of people on this network who pride themselves as impersonators, and I wouldn't wanna steal the fame, but the gentleman I'm sitting here with today is a man of way, way many more voices than me, uh, officially too, let's just put it this way, when I tried to print out his IMDb, it was 11 pages long, which I think makes him the most prolific actor in the history of the world. We're gonna look, we're gonna check with the Guinness folks after that. Folks, uh, you know him from his work on Every single anime, uh, uh, video game cartoon of all time, uh, prominently as the narrator and uh, older Gohan on Dragon Ball Z. And, I mean, he's on uh, Naruto, uh, every, everything. Iron Man, like, his IMDb is too, he's Gollum, for God's sakes, folks. Like, and I don't mean like a Gollum, like a Jewish homunculus, like monster. He's Gollum from Pokemon, like Gollum, Gollum. Doesn't get cooler than that. You also know him as the voice of Smodcast Internet Radio. You hear him before every show. Give it up. Please welcome Mr. Kyle Ebear. What's up? Yeah. Is, and that's <laughs> fucked up. When he introduced himself, I, did, I thought that was like a voice he put on. That's how he actually talks. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 there. He's like, hey, Matt, I'm going to jerk off in your face <laughs> and do your podcast. It's going to make it sound awesome and epic. What's yeah. going on, dude? Where did... We should, I guess we should first ask, where did that, where did you come from? How do we, how do we know who you are, smod wise? Smod wise, uh, I've been a fan of Kevin since Clerks. And, uh, of course, when he started doing podcasting and expanding beyond just Smodcast with Mosier, um, you know, he started doing Hollywood Babylon with Ralph. And then, um, I became a fan of that. And then, they started getting submissions for production elements like, you know, Tinsel Town, Stiffs. It's like, oh, people are submitting. Oh. They're making this more professional. And my dog hates that, Babylon. In case you can't tell. Oh, I won't talk about it's a it. Huge ever again. Steve Day fan, though. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding about that. But he likes all shows on the network. There you go. So He's no, a yeah, true fan. People were sending in little, and, and being the dude who was running the show at that time at the Smodcastle, I was the guy who got those clips. Oh, nice. I was the guy who actually, so McGarman would email me like a couple hours before the show with a series of MP3s, and I'd check them out, and and I was the one who would actually have to cue them live. So, though it was fun for the fans, that was when podcasting jumped the shark for me, because it became so nerve-wracking. Because <laughs> before that, it was nerve-wracking enough. It was press record, get the lights going at the Smodcastle right, and then sit back and make sure your computer didn't break. Now it was, have these things queued up at the right time, and I was running them off an iPod, because I was right. really dumb. And not even a new <laughs> iPod with a touchscreen, like an old iPod with like a circle wheel. Right. So sometimes, the cl- yeah, there was a lot of uh, shenanigans in the first place. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I remember that, and I and I vividly remember uh, the day your first came through, sir. Yeah, yeah. I sent, uh, I sent the, and I honestly made an an honest mistake. I called Ralph Frank, 
And I said, you know, it's time to babble the fuck on with Kevin Smith and Frank Garman. I didn't realize that after I'd sent it in that I totally fucked up Ralph's name. And you'd already done, you'd already had like 500 things to your films and TV shows to your credit at that point. So you might have yeah. known about spot checking. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you'd think. It wasn't you'd like think. you were some kid in his basement like, oh no. man, I want to send in a clip to the show. Yeah, I guess nerves got the better part of me. It's like I, I turned into a fanboy. But yeah, I came from radio. I worked on, on the air. For like 13 years on uh, out of ABC Radio in Dallas for different formats, most notably Radio Disney, actually. Really? So, and, so uh, let's get in, let's get into you a little bit. So, but uh, just jumping to a start, I wanted to get that out of the way. You uh, sent in a uh, a clip for Babylon, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, a year later, you're the voice of Sir. Yeah, yeah. I guess Kevin liked it that much that he said, you know, and you remember that episode. He goes, "Hey, go, what's that guy's name? Kyle? Hey, Kyle, can you send it in with the with the uh, Ralph's actual name?" <laughs> and then we had two, and then we had two clips. <laughs> We had because in my computer I have a uh, Frank and a Ralph still uh, from my my Hollywood uh, yeah my Babylon playlist or whatever. Oh, that's great. Where'd you grow up, sir? I uh, I was spat out into the world in uh, '69, dude, uh, back in uh, uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, and of course the economy then is probably not much better now. But uh, my folks said, "Oh crap, we got a baby. Let's go somewhere else." So my folks moved to Dallas. I'm basically a Texan. Right on. Yeah. Is that the move in Louisiana? Like, uh-oh, baby's here. Better get out of the state. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of Dodge. Before we corrupt another one. Yeah, pretty I much. I don't know that Dallas is better than uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. <laughs> I'm going to make nah. that judgment. At least yeah. Louisiana's got soul. It's got soul. It's got Cajun food. It does, man. It's got a casino boat now, and uh, it didn't used to, but not when I was a kid, growing up anyway. But yeah, no, Dallas, I think, is, is and I'm biased, but I loved it. You I never would have never would have left if the work were there. I uh, My only experience with Texas is driving through on my way to cop out, and I was very nervous. Oh, really? The entire state will. Well, a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of medicinal marijuana, of course, completely legal. Sure. But uh, so I'm a giant fucking stoner. I'm listening to <laughs> rap music. I'm Jewish, and I'm driving a Volkswagen, and I'm like, any of those things are the death penalty in Texas. All of them together, they'll kill me four times. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I realized about Texas was everyone drives the same fucking car. It's a white unmarked pickup, including the cops. So when someone came behind you, you didn't know if they were a cop or just a dude. So literally, the first rest stop, I bought a cross and hung it on my rear view windshield. I was like, I got to fucking try to blend a little bit. I had a fish bumper sticker. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I just yeah. felt like I, I, I felt very foreign in Texas. But uh, Austin was like a safe haven for me. That's funny that your car was cosplaying. It, oh, it was totally <laughs> cosplaying. Absolutely. I was cosplaying as like a... Uh, a, a fucking middle American Christian, like, don't arrest me. <laughs> Definitely don't do drugs. Yeah. And you know, when I moved here six years ago, it seemed like an upgrade because suddenly I heard that the crime rate is higher in Dallas than it is in LA. I mean, that, I think that's a misconception about LA. A lot of people have, uh, though it is fucking dangerous. Like it's, it's, it seems LA is more random with the crime. Yeah. Like New York, you know what neighborhoods not to go to. I yeah. always use this analogy because I'm from New York. Um, in New York, you have to find trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of know what neighborhoods and what times of day not to go into in Manhattan. In L.A., trouble just finds you wherever you are. In front of the arc light, you can get shot. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, the lady got <laughs> shot in front of the, the, the uh, premiere of Burlesque or whatever. My buddy Jeremy Graham got stabbed like a block away from here. And then we're not in like the ghetto or anything, you know? Yeah. So L.A., it just seems like when someone wants to go crazy, they just fucking arbitrarily do it where they are. In New York, Seriously. they're kind enough to... uh 
keep it in pockets. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, so Dallas ain't so safe, man. I mean, a president no. did get fucking capped there. It, 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 that's very true. You know? They got a big X in the street where the headshot came. And yeah, that's, uh, a that was, I actually did. I'm, the only time I've ever been to Dallas, I, uh, on the way to cop out, I actually stopped in Dealey Plaza and did like the whole museum and all that mm-hmm. as a conspiracy nut. <laughs> Which is the worst way to do it, cause, cause it's like a lot of people are just there to pay respect, and you're like, right. so this is where the bullshit went down, and you start going into like the gra- you just see, you can tell the whack jobs, cause they're all wearing fucking Doctor Who t-shirts, and they're all hanging by the grassy knoll. Yeah. And not in the museum. Of course. <laughs> Plotting out the trajectory and shit. <laughs> so, yeah. what brought you from Dallas? Uh, you're doing radio in Dallas? I was doing radio. That's uh, one was of the two your, things. Was that I your was that your dream growing up as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Two was things, it really two things I wanted to do? I wanted to voice cartoons, and I wanted to get on the radio. So growing up in the seventies, I had turntables. I sit there and play Kiss records and play a pretend radio station with a little cassette recorder. Did you listen to a lot of radio growing up? Oh yeah, yeah. The the whole th- I the idea of theater of the mind. It was so much bigger than life. And then once I got into radio, it's like, oh, it's not all that. It's equipment and everything. <laughs> but I mean, it's not as cool as it seems. Well, no, it you is. You know about wires and way. shit. I agree with you though, dude. Never in my life did I think I'd have to know what fucking wires do. You know yeah. what I mean? Cut the blue one, not the red one. Yeah. Well, those kind of wires, <laughs> I thought, because I, I expected myself to be a bomb expert, but this whole podcasting thing's a, a different story. Oh. Yeah, and that actually rejuvenated my love of radio. I was, it was getting stale, and you know, after working, growing up, getting a degree in radio, doing it uh, FM mostly. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. Well, AM and FM because syndicated satellite radio would just have stations all okay, around. Yeah, yeah. AM and FM. So I did everything from heavy metal, classic country to jazz to, yeah, and children's you were, radio. You, you did mostly DJing? Yeah, DJ. I did, uh, I, I wrote copy. I did production and then started, um, heard about auditions when I was working at Radio Disney, uh, cause they were saying, Oh, this, this show called Dragon Ball Z, it's really popular. We should get some stuff to give away to the kids on the, on the air and stuff. And they, Came back and said, "Disney did that. Like, there's Disney. a show we don't own and have nothing to do. That's with. Right. We should totally promote it. That's, That's fucking right. weird. Well, at, yeah, they went through goof, an evolution. There was no goof troop at that time or whatever. Well, <laughs> they they were going through an evolution where they were trying to. It's like we got to reach reach these kids and reach the Nickelodeon kids and reach this. It's like oh, we we, we can't just brand Disney stuff all the time. We got to reach out and." You know, uh, so what was that like working for the fucking mouse man? Was it weird? Yeah, it was pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was awesome. Did they make actually. you talk like that too? No, no, it was no. Just a bunch of castrati's in a fucking radio <laughs> yeah. station. They, uh, no, no, no. The actual character voices were always the character voices. I, I had to create my own actually. I wrote, uh, featurettes, little infotainment little things. I did one called Aptitude Dude, where I'd be like this surfer dude who's like, he's playing, so Johnny from Wisconsin wants to know, like, why is the sky blue? And then, you know, I would, uh, would look up. All the stoner kids immediately connected with you. Exactly. (laughs) All the, all the yet to be stoners who were seven. And for some reason, they're like, for some reason, that voice makes, makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, And talk about surreal working in anime and video games now. And I'm hearing from people on my Facebook page and everything going, dude, I used to hear you on Radio Disney. And now that's pretty nutty, right? (laughs) I'm sure because that's, that's the evolution though. Uh, yeah. What's weird is the kids who grew up watching anime kind of still watch it. I doubt there's many people. Who were like Radio Disney kids or right. to this day rocking it in their cars and shit at like 40 years old? Not so much. <laughs> you wouldn't think so, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the people who come to the conventions or post on Facebook and they'll say, yeah, yeah, I, I got, uh, you were my childhood. They'll say that I used to watch, 
you know, on Toonami back in the day, Dragon Ball Z was the shit. It was the number one show. I mean, they ran it like eight times a day. Yeah, yeah. It was the most popular, by far the most popular. Anime import, at least, it was the only one for a really long time. Well, DBZ and like Sailor Moon, those are the two Sailor big Moon. gateway, yeah. gateway drug for, for anime fans. That's right, Sailor Moon. I forgot fucking Sailor Moon. Yeah. Now you're taking me back, man. What was the name of her cat? Oh, I'll never someone, remember. Someone knows, but so, you know, I'm sure someone's. Yeah, some, I come back. And it's from a the dude 70, too, yeah. and that's what makes it even. There's some <laughs> dude right now yelling at us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you come from a from the classic like world of radio, though. You wanted. I wanted to be on the air, and I wanted to get into animation. And it's kind of funny that one led to the other in the same market totally. in Dallas, and then that led to here, which I knew ultimately I would have to come here. Um, I had folks like industry giants that in, in my mind anyway, uh, and res- very respected voiceover coaches, Bob Bergen, the voice of Porky Pig. Wow. Uh, Pat Fraley. And they came and did workshops and they kind of took me aside and said, Kyle, you're really talented. You really need to get to the West Coast. It's, it's so disarming the whole voice thing too, dude, because like you just said the voice of Porky Pig. In my mind, I'm like, I, I would fucking die to talk to Porky Pig. Now I, you meet Brad Pitt and he's been in 30 movies. Sure. And you're like, hey, do that line from that movie, but it's not, it's not the same. I met Charlie Fleischer and he did Roger Rabbit or whatever. Yeah. And your heart stops. It's so, it's a different thing for voice actors. It's, uh, because the character is so, so much just the voice only. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're putting everything and building it with just audio. And that's, that's part of the, and when you meet that person, like, yeah, I'm meeting you. We're chatting right now, but when you bust out into your popular voices, people get chills. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's funny. Especially in real life. Like, uh, every time I see like a Simpsons actor on Conan O'Brien, I definitely, I always watch it because it's just the weirdest thing ever to see a real human being. Yeah. With the, with that coming out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've dorked out meeting other people that I've been inspired by for years. Oh, I mean, Car- Billy West. Billy, I'm, dude, Billy West is one of my favorites. I'm, uh, Carl Zalzraki, who's Rocco, yeah. uh, or, um. He's at my agency. Is yeah. he really? Yeah. Or, uh, Tom Kenny, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. All these people, like, yeah, yeah. Run into him, run into Rob Paulson. What's funny with the Billy West connection and bringing it back to radio is I think I caught the tail end of of viable radio when i was growing up i was born in 84 my mom was a diehard howard stern fan Mm -hmm. so i listened to stern every day from like the age of eight to let's say 22 every single day the entire show great so i had this fun but i don't think other than that you had like z100 and you had you had zoo shows yeah and you had rap stations there wasn't really anyone doing that anymore something unique and you know what i mean yeah so I feel lucky that I kind of caught I I was I radio was fundamental in, in my upbringing and in high school when no one fucking listened to radio I had a little portable radio in my pocket so I can listen to Stern in the first two periods of class and shit you know what I mean Oh yeah yeah I love Stern I still love Stern to this day I I'm a I'm a serious subscriber just for that alone but you know back in the day radio uh, in the Dallas market there was Bo Roberts Bo Roberts did character voices he would just basically have a pitched up voice and uh, make him southern. It'd be like a preacher, and then he'd have another one pitched down. Well, I missed it. His two voice. Everyone had yeah. like a bunch of voices, and then you got a guy like Billy West on Stern, who all of a sudden his Marge shot everything, dude. Like Larry Fine, Larry Fine, Marge shot. There's just a there's a th- he was the best part of that show for he the was. years he was on. He really, really was. Yeah. And as a kid, he was my entree into that world because I didn't care about the sex stuff and I didn't care about this stuff. But when this, I remember once he did. It was uh the piano with the people from Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> and I'll never forget just him doing like Jethro, you know what I mean? <laughs> At like eight years old and, and laughing and not getting it but loving it. So yeah, there I was always definitely drawn to drawn to uh 
voice performers. So how yeah. how did you make the transition? Just purely, you saw they were doing auditions in Tal- Dallas. You were working on the radio, and you were like, "This yeah. is it." See, in voice acting, they always tell people that you know it's all about the acting, not the fact that you can do a billion voices. Because there's many voice actors that just do their natural speaking voice and they make bank. And those are more impressionist, right? Yeah. I Would mean, you say? Well, there's a big so, difference between voice yeah. actors and impressionists. Absolutely. Just because you can do an impression doesn't mean you can sustain that performance as a character and really bring it to life. It's one thing to just be at a party and say, oh, oh you're here. Here's a, hey, what's up, doc? That's about all the bugs I totally. can do. <laughs> so. Which is pretty good though. But I think, I think <laughs> people make that mistake of, of looking at voice acting is not acting. And I've talked to, uh, Tara. I know. I heard. And Yuri it. about this. And I've talked to Phil Lamar about this. Yes, and, wow. and 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 it's almost you can even if you can't appreciate the craft going into it, you've got to you got to look and see. Okay, there's like thirty people doing every role on every show. They must have something. You know what I mean? Raw talent goes a long way. It, it's this big blender of factors. Obviously, luck is a huge part of it. Being the right place at the right time. But you got to know your shit. You got to be on top of your craft or be in the midst of being a sponge and absorbing things and, and going out there. And through the years since I've gotten established, I've taken the acting classes. I didn't come from an acting background, though. Yuri and Terry, uh, Tara, uh, Tara did. All these other voice actors that you've ever heard, watched interviews on. Mostly they came all from came acting from background. Yeah. On camera, on stage. Or comedians or stand-ups. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny was a stand-up and an improv guy. And he, he he's like one of the big 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 right spongebob spongebob is huge once you nail something like that it it, it's kind of weird with in in voice acting because then you're that forever right you're yeah he's done many other things he's on adventure time totally he's ice king and and he's on a billion other things however it's spongebob that's right it's a that's i am spock syndrome i am captain kirk absolutely and voice actors get that too i'm sure i'm the dbz narrator even though i have 11 years of uh of credits, I'm Ryu and Street Fighter, Kami on Gurren Lagann, Kiba Naruto, Aizen on Bleach, and they all have their their fandom. Dude, you've been on fucking One Piece, and One like, Piece. You're the first yeah. human being I've met who's been on One Piece. That's so <laughs> oh, amazing to me. You not know what even, I mean? Not even a big part. Doesn't but, matter. Yeah. You had a decent run though. Yeah, you yeah. were Cobra's. Run that arc was. You were the bad guy in like a six episode arc. I think that. I think that as well. And hopefully, when I go home for Christmas uh, to Dallas, maybe uh, maybe they'll still be working. <laughs> Funimation's on out in Dallas. Funimation's right? still there. I've been hounding them for so fucking long. <laughs> thing like one part, any part, one dude just to say like, huh? Like I'll. F- oh man. Yeah, I remember back in the day on DBZ, they had some sort of promotion with some sort of thing you could buy at the grocery store. It's like, win a part, win a bit part. We'll fly you to Dallas and you can oh, be on an funny. episode of DBZ. Yeah, we had like a, a, a fun, I'm not a sports person, but some baseball player came in and did a couple lines on an episode. And Well, that's the thing. It, it's such a weird circle anime. And you've done you've done mainstream American cartoons as well. Let's a go, little bit. Let's go through your IMDb a little bit. I mean, dude, it's insane. Every, uh Let's start at the fucking the bottom here. Let's okay. debunk it because I've already heard a a huge fallacy in, in okay. what you were saying. Um, Dragon Ball, you start that was your first voice acting role, right? Yeah, Dragon that Ball. That was Funimation. They were in Dallas. You mm-hmm. went out for some auditions. You heard about it on Disney Radio. Well, I didn't hear about it on radio. For the folks who worked, there, okay, we talked about hey, we got sales it. and promotions. They were looking. It was like, hey, let's let's partner up with Funimation, and give some toys away. So you went over there. How did your first audition go? Went great. Obviously, they hired me. <laughs> I mean, was it nerve wracking? Had you you'd never done a voiceover audition before, so did you know Not what they'd that. be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. I went in with um, just a, a sort of calm confidence. I said, you know what? I've wanted this all my life. I'm going to go in there 
and I'm going to do the best I can because I want it. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But I had the chance to go in. It was August of 2000. Gohan, adult, you know, actually teenage Gohan at that high school Gohan. Amongst other bit part characters, I got to pick like, you know, five or six characters to read for. And I went in wearing a, a, a crappy bootleg DBZ shirt with an iron on slightly off and everything. So I made a really bad impression on them. They, they admitted after the fact that said, dude, we weren't, we couldn't take you seriously. Just looking at you, we thought, Oh God, he's a fan. Now, did they have, did you replace a pre existing narrator already? Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, there was, a, there was two, the original Doc Harris. Doc Harris is on the the Canadian dub. The first two seasons that aired in the states were actually the Canadian version. Are there diff- are there Canadian and yeah. American dubs of shows? Yes, there are. What are the differences like slang? I, a, a different cast. Did they say a? It. Like I, it's not even What's that. Set a boot. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like what the fuck could? Yeah, yeah. That's funny, man. I don't know why there's like two. what does Canadian Ryu sound like? Now I'm fucking perplexed. Well, it's not it's not everything. Just DBZ. Okay. Right on. Just DBZ. It started that way. We picked up the slack from, from like, Funimation decided it was cheaper to go to Texas because it's a right-to-work state. So they picked up from season three on, and we finished the show. And then up in Canada, they decided, hey, well, let's finish the show, too. So you go up to Canada, you buy it on DVD, it's the Funimation dub. You watch it on TV, it's the Canadian dub. That's funny, man. So the the narrator was your first kind of big, big thing on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not the first thing I did. The first thing was just bit parts. On the Bardock special, and then the end of the Cell Saga was just some things like the Mr. Bourbon gang, just really obscure things. And I went back. Actually, no, Cell was still going on. I did, I did like Poroshki and a couple other, like King Furry. It's like there's this big cat. Dragon Ball Z fans are coming all over the world right now. <laughs> other people have no fucking clue what you're talking about. It's like they're nerding out. Tune out. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's that Smodcast voice. Oh, oh. shit. He's turning my... Come on. Ticky tickets. Linky linky. Let's talk about Dragon Ball Z and make <laughs> people stop listening. No. Next time on Dragon Ball... Yeah, that's where that... That's well, where Sir the, Dude came from. So, Sir Dude is kind of Dragon Ball Z dude a little bit, or... He's a, he's a sarcastic sort of... Uh, he's like... Kevin Smith wrapped up into the sarcastic sort of uh dude who's just like, Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 like Jay and Silent Bob, but you know, fuck all this noise and you know he's just And he's, Dragon Ball Z is more like uh It's more bombastic, monster truck, tractor bull. <laughs> Has that ever happened on Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> An actual monster truck? Yeah, no. where there's been a monster truck tractor bull. No. They're like, no. we gotta fight Piccolo, but first it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> and that's the vibe they wanted. I had to voice match the 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 previous narrator who was voice matching Doc Harris and going back listening it's like holy shit i don't sound anything like him why'd they hire me so when was the first time you really got a chance to craft your own character from the start uh gohan really because you know the other characters piccolo vegeta goku all that stuff was based on performances that kind of had to be in the voice match realm it's like we kind of got to sound like the the canadian dub there was no teen gohan because we had literally taken over the show from the, the right Canadian before the time cast. skip, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to make it my own. Since then, Brad Swale has has done his own Gohan, and it's awesome, and it's different, you know, because he's he's well known from like Death Note and all these other okay, great, yeah, big yeah. Shows. I love Death Note. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's light in that show. And okay, yeah, very guy. cool. Great guy. So you hear his performance on like a Gundam Wing, and it's like that's Gohan. It's it's very younger sounding sort of voice instead of a twenty something, thirty something trying to add rasp to it. I know, <laughs> I know. This will will enrage a lot of anime fans out there. But if there's a dub, I'm watching the dub. 
<laughs> like I know. I, I and I don't get me wrong. Like One Piece, yeah, I watched 140 dubbed episodes and I've watched 400 subtitled. I have no problem watching Japanese. Yeah. However, if they give me the option, I'm going with the dub. Well, right. I don't want to have to stare work. at my fucking screen for an hour. Straight. I can't eat and watch a. You can't do any. Show. You can't do anything. I like and I when I put on TV, I'm usually I, I multitask most of my day. So I'm cleaning or I'm fucking doing podcast shit or I'm writing or this. When I put on an anime, you I have to literally turn everything else off and just stare at the computer, or you have no idea. Yeah, you're ninety percent into an episode. You're like, oh fuck, this is on. Yeah. You just tune out, ja- you know what I mean? And if you can't read fast, you're going to miss shit that's happening on yeah, screen. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I've, I've gotten speed ready with it, but, but yeah, I prefer, I'm, I know a lot of people give, a, a lot of purists will give me shit for that, but I, I like a dub. I'm speaking English is my first fucking language. That's what I learned too. And I said, you know, everyone, ever since the creation of DVD, and now it's a different world with the internet, but for it, a, a good 10 year plus run of DVD, it gave you the choice. I mean, granted, not every single cho- uh, title is available, so, you know, whatever. But whatever is out there, it gives you. There's the Japanese version, and there's an English version. You know what's strange, though? I just realized there is a definite difference. Um, du- Pro-dub on TV, but if it's a feature film, I watch the subtitle Japanese. Yeah, always, live always. action is uh, different. Not, live ac- not even live action. Like, Miyazaki, like, I hate the fucking... English Miyazaki dubs, the you know Disney I, of the, oh my the Disney God. vacation of it. Even that, well, I think it's more because if I'm watching a movie, I'm watching a movie. I'm going to sit down and yeah. watch it. If, if I have just a random anime episode on, I'm kind of doing more stuff. So for that, I prefer the the original language version. I sure, because the Miyazaki dubs are fucking. Uh, well, it's it's the celebs and the, the you know, ce- they started this the celeb thing, which is like the du- it, what Shark Tale was that like the first big movie that did that? I remember that that being like oh, it's Robert yeah. De Niro and Jack Black and Angelina Jolie and, and like, they all look like him too. Bef- and before that, voice acting was just people you never heard of who were good at voice acting. Well, the first big stunt casting was Robin Williams in Aladdin. Yeah, you're right. He made like seventy five grand, and since then, yeah, Beauty you know, and sued the, for Royal Beauty Beast, and the but... Beast. There's no celebrities in it. Not really. I mean, from people from stage. People you know, from... Robbie Benson had a little uh, slight on screen. Totally, thing, but, but yeah, you're right. Uh, even Little Mermaid. There's... They made a Peter Pan sequel. They didn't have any stars in that. It's weird, and the, and now everyone's wrapped up in just how many stars can you pump right into? And some of them, like I just watched Kung Fu Panda two. It was fun. Gary Oldman was the bad guy. I had to IMDb it after to see if that who it was. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? It wasn't that awesome. Right. Gary Oldman's not that amazing. He's an amazing actor, but I didn't think he was particularly a great voice actor. Right, and they do this in games all the time. I mean, most oh, he's been in he's care. been he's yeah. in fucking Call of Duty, Gary. Call Oldman. of Duty, but you know the gamers don't give two shits no. about that. They I mean, want to ev- play a game. Every once in a while, I hear a voice, and I'm like, oh shit, that's that dude. Awesome. Now I want to shoot someone. You know what I mean? It's I've never bought a video game for the voice acting. No, and they don't even after they spend millions of dollars to get these they don't tell big you who's names. In it. There's no. It's not like a movie poster. It's just Call of Duty. It's not Gary Oldman in Call. Of duty it's never that never never the but the inverse though is the guys who are in it and not even not even like a gary oldman like when i'm sure you get this going to cons and we'll get the cons in a minute but when i saw the one of the voice actors from call of duty at a con mm-hmm. and uh this little kid came up kind of begrudgingly almost and he goes what's your favorite line from the game and the kid goes what that i found kind of funny because he was like what fucking lines do i know of yours from a video you know what i mean yeah. the video i 
I feel like video game voice actors don't get enough credit at all. Amen, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it, it is kind of because you, you think about it. Like, what's your? You can name your favorite line from TV shows or movies, but vid- it it just flows by so quickly in a video game that you almost sure. tune out the voices. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if we're doing our job, then yeah, you're not gonna. There's not going to be that disconnect. It's a little different for me because I work in the industry and I know these people. So when I hear, "Oh, there's Steve Bloom," you know, like, I think uh, that's who the guy was probably. But <laughs> <laughs> no, and I just it it made me feel kind of bad in the sense that yes, while millions of of people are enjoying their work, they have no idea who you are in a video game. Anime right. seems to be a little bit friendlier with that. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it's also just a very niche sort of sort of thing. You know that that's why the bootlegging issue has always been so. You know, the fan, the fan subs and stuff. Fan subs, yeah. And the, are you pro or against? <sighs> it's it's a slippery slope because it just sounds the cynical hardcore otaku fans will probably just say, "Oh, you're just saying that because you're trying to just save your job." For people who don't know what I'm talking about, a fan sub. Um, so a lot of the in One Piece, for example, there's like six hundred, five hundred, six hundred. No, I think they're up to uh. 570 in the anime or something. Mm-hmm. Only about 140 of those have been dubbed into English. So there's 300 plus episodes with no dubs. So what people do is there are these fan sub sites where they take the Japanese episodes and they translate them and put them out for free on the internet. Right. And that happens with pretty much every anime and manga there is. Mangas too. Like with the next day, you'll get a, a translated version for free. Yeah. And the industry, it, it seems like there's there's two camps of thought on that. There's some people who hate it. And there's some animes that are like, thank you for doing that, because I, I forget what it was. There was one anime that literally put out a thank you message to the fan subbers. They were like, thank you for making our show more popular in America. It builds buzz. That's that's the upside. It gets word out before the show even has a chance to, you know, come out officially. And, you know, creating a dub is an expensive endeavor. And nowadays with the internet... You, there's tons of shows that have come out without a dub, and that's re- the reason is, well, the fans already have the show. And they're not doing it out of malice. They just want access to the shows as quickly as possible. And the Japanese side of it has to adapt, and a lot of people have. Funimation and Viz will stream brand new episodes as they come out in Japan with official subtitles. Subtitles. That's their, I mean, every, yeah, you can watch the new One Piece li- live streaming on yeah. Funimation.com to combat the whole. That's right. Taking you to read One Piece. And the websites are always so, like, not cloaked at all. No. It's like watchdragonballz.com, you know what I mean? And they can't do anything about it because it's, is it, I don't know, is it technically, there's weird copyright stuff with Japan? Well, you know, if you take someone else's stuff and then redistribute it. Yeah, it should be illegal, <laughs> right? But for some reason, like, no, I don't ever see those sites getting taken down as piracy things. Some, some have. I mean, there's, there's others that'll say, oh, become a premium member on our Naruto site. All that money's not going to the creators of the no, show. No, of course not. It's yeah, paying yeah. server costs. No, 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 totally. And that should be like, no. No, I hear you, man. Stop so that's, it, that's guys, a, a you sli- know? slippery slope on that one. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but yeah, the, the window needs to close, uh, the shorten rather, you know, to get the official product out ASAP. Um, and, and that's know, thought about that strides. and not knowing the specifics. It must take a really long time to do these though, right? Especially if you're going to craft a dub. Like what's, uh, Let's let's take only because I'm saying One Piece because it's my thing. But what's the average uh, work time on dubbing an entire episode of any anime? Any anime, twenty twenty three minute anime. Well, we tend to work in like like do a DVD volume at a time, so four or five episodes in a in a two or three week stretch. You got to get have, have time to schedule all the actors in, review the tracks, maybe do pickup sessions in case anything has to be redone. 
uh, get it all approved from Japan and uh, get it laid in. And it could be even a quicker turnaround, you know, like in a month or two, especially if Cartoon Network or any other outlet wants to air it. Uh, we have to do, of course, uh, alternate dialogue. You know, here's the edited version, you know, with DBZ Kai, which has been on Nicktoons and stuff. You know, we had to make the clean version here and then the uncut version. And, you know, you'll hear fans bitch very loudly. And I understand it to a point. Uh, it's like, oh, edited. It's, it, yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it's censored. It's like, dude, it's on TV. It's know, a big commercial. I don't know if you know, there, there's a manga called Toriko. It's a Shonen Jump thing. There's an anime now, Funima- uh, not Funimation, it's Toei, not Toei. Who does, uh, it's the same company that does One Piece in Japan. Okay, I think it's I think it Toei? is Toei. Yeah, yeah, it is Toei. Um, and it's massively popular over there, and it's it's basically like, it takes place in, you know, every anime is like, it's a baseball world, or a pirate world, or this yeah. one's like a gourmet cook world. Oh, wow. Where everyone's a chef, and like, everyone is obsessed with these ingredients, and like, the rare ingredients, and the guy, the main guy, Toriko, is like this big fucking massive dude who can eat, he gets his power by eating and, and drinking and smoking, but they took out all the smoking, even in the Japanese version. And there was like a fucking boycott on the show in Japan because the guy doesn't smoke. <laughs> it's just people are so silly with that. You know what I mean? That's wild. I mean, when you, at the end of the day, the fans will find something to complain about, even if they get it completely uncensored and available to them. Otakus hate dubs. Yes, they do. Flat out hate them. Yep. It's, it's in English. It's automatically bad. Automatically, yeah, yeah. You know what the big fuck you to that is? Remember Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust? It was amazing. The original language it was created was in English. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, also, um, Tekon Concrete, I believe. Like, it was an American dude who I did it. So. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's, well, it's also like certain shows, like, I don't know if you're like Sergeant Frog. I know of it. I'm not it, in it. But, it's yeah. so fucking pop culture reference-y that, yeah. like, it has to be in English. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any clue what they're fucking... They, they, not only did they translate it, but they translate it, They translate the words for an English market. They they switch out certain references for certain other ones. You know what I mean? And they did that completely with Shin-Chan. Remember that? Yeah. Adult Swim played it for... Absolutely. It's, it's hysterical. It's funny as hell. And that's because just, we know it. It's thing. our culture. It's the same exact thing. I think yeah. they did this... I think the same company. Yeah, because a lot of these shows make no fucking sense whatsoever. No. No, and if they do it 100% accurate to that culture and, you know, have uh, little subtitle things and translations They give you the, the notes about what that might mean and what this sign means. Like a what, pop-up video. Totally, and a lot of them do do that. Some of them do do that. But yeah, but that's going to make, what, uh, you know, 10,000, 20,000 fans extremely ecstatic while the rest of mainstream America is we'll going, what the fuck know. is this? We're never going to buy we'll it. What know. is that crap? And it, I learned this working at Blockbuster Video. This dude came in one night. With uh, the Nicole Kidman movie, The Interpreter, mm-hmm. and he was fucking furious. And I was like a 17-year-old kid. He was like, what the fuck? And I was like, whoa, whoa, sir, what's wrong? He's like, what the fuck? This movie's Russian. It's got fucking subtitles. I didn't want to read a book. And I was like, sir, it is called The Interpreter. Americans hate to read yes, they when do. they have to watch. Subtitles kills. The reason they do all these remakes a year after the, har- the foreign version, then you're like, why would they possibly remake a movie that's already good? 99% of America won't watch it if it has fucking subtitles on That's it. That's right. That's right. You got to think of the bigger picture. Why did DBZ do so well? Not because they were going to air the Japanese on, on TV. They wanted to make it so kids could watch it. It was the first Japanese-style American kids show you could feel. Yeah, yeah. Without even know, We didn't even know it was anime yet. No one had any concept. Like I'm sh- I didn't know Dragon Ball Z was Japanese for the first few years I watched it. No. You know what I mean? I was a kid in the 70s watching Star Blazers, Battle of the Planets, Speed Racer. 
I didn't know it was anime. Totally. Because that word didn't exist. It was just a cartoon. It was another cartoon. And that's another thing that the fans get all huffy over. Anime? It's like, don't call it a cartoon. Well, guess what, kids? They're both animation. A cartoon doesn't... I mean, we live in the day of Family Guy, Adult Swim, all these shows. Just because it's drawn doesn't mean it's for kids. And come on, guys. Hentai. I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's get to it right there. Yeah. Which I also loved finding out that that's the word for pervert in Japanese. Is it? Okay. So it's both the kind of porn they like and the person who reads that porn. Yeah, and otaku in America taking it on like uh, like a badge of honor or something. I mean, it's like, that's a negative connotation, yeah, guys. Yeah, like they're not, It's there's no otaku chic over there like it is over here with the geek. Otakus are sad. Yeah. Sad, lonely people. Yeah, and I want to put out there before people out there of them. are trying <laughs> to lynch going, it's like, this Kyle Bear is a douchebag. Why is he talking shit about you know his fan base? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. There's just douchebags in every walk of Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And I'm not. I'm not bashing on people for preferring Japanese and hating English. That is your right. Rock and roll. Watch the show the way you want to watch it. Um, but don't give me shit because I prefer it a different way. That doesn't make me a bad person. You know, that's yeah, all. It's, my, it's, my it's all thing. geek stuff. There's that. There's that entitled entitled air to to whatever you loved first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and like I the get, British office, American office. It's just that whole. I love this thing one way, and now you're gonna do it a different way. Fuck you, you're an asshole. Yeah, it's like just because. It's like, well, you watched it one way, and so those are the voices, and that's what you gravitate towards. That's what you. I, you I don't totally have to watch that. the dub, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have the power. You already downloaded it for free. You already cost the the, the Japanese a sale. And you're not having, feeling a, a, a slight tinge of guilt at all. And yet, and exactly. And yet an American company is trying to make the Japanese company money so they could make more of this cartoon you love. Yeah. 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 You're totally right, dude. And One Piece went on with what? Five, six hundred plus episodes now. And they aired 12 in America, I think. Yeah. <laughs> on television. By four, the time four fun- kids aired like six and then Funimation took over and aired another 10, I believe. I think so. On WB and UPN at like 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday or something. What most of the fans don't understand is those changes that were done on 4Kids version, that was dictated by the Japanese. Oh, the 4Kids version sucked. I know. But the Japanese, the guys who created this show, said, do whatever it takes to get it on TV. We want to reach as many people as possible. That was the one with, uh, and we're talking to like five people here who know about One Piece, but that was the (laughs) one with the rap theme song. Oh yeah, yeah his yo, name, yeah, yeah, yo, yeah, his yo. name is Luffy. It's Monkey D. Luffy, king of the pirates. <laughs> oh god, it's just yeah. Dragon Ball GT had a rap song. Did they? Too. Did they really? Oh god, it's rough, man. It's just like <laughs> this isn't what this is. I don't think you're gonna draw in the rap crowd. Yeah. Because once they get past that rap song, they're like, oh, it's a fucking animation thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So when you when you change and distort and, and repurpose, then, yeah, I get why there's some hatred towards that. It's like, oh, okay, screw the English version. But, but keep in mind, it's also really hard to convert people on fucking anime. It's a hard sell. Like, yeah. wh- we've had maybe four, f- let's say Miyazaki's an American hit now. He does well. We had Akira. We had Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And maybe, like, two or three other giant... Like, like that everyone would know about. But for the most part, anime is not something that Americans are into. It's not, it's, it's less mainstream than comic books, and comic books are dying in this country. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, the folks who went to, to make Captain America and Thor a huge hit this year, I, I didn't read those comic books exactly, before. You, exactly, dude. Most, while super, and people get me, they go, what? While superheroes are huge and comic book properties are everything right now, yeah. the physical comic books themselves, less than 100,000 people a month read the top title anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, our podcasts get more listeners than fucking 
Batman sells in a month. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and not saying that's a good revenge. I like it our way, but it's the world is definitely fucking changing. You know what I mean? The internet is the biggest blessing and curse ever. Absolutely. Because I, I would have never known about it. A ton of these things I love about, but however, they're killing other things I do. You know what I mean? They kill other properties. It kills jobs, but it, it gets instant notification to the entire fucking planet about anything. We can talk for free online to anyone, anywhere about anything. And it's not the Pony Express anymore. Oh, in terms of communication, yeah. it's the biggest game changer of all. I mean, we yeah. live in a different world now. It's the internet age. You know what I mean? But yeah, you, you pour your heart and soul. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're speaking now on a podcast network, but that costs money, not to the listener, but to the people running it and, and everything. Uh, nothing the bandwidth is, nothing the free. Like nothing, once we, yeah. one, everyone was like, oh, I can't wait till we monetize the internet. Well, we did that. And then we realized the internet cost money too. Yeah. It bandwidth, used to be just bitch. free. Yeah, man. Um, and then it's the same thing for these companies that poured over their their products from other countries. Like they depend <laughs> on that to fucking keep a livelihood. I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that you know back to the anime thing that that Japan was has been scared of the internet for years, and obviously they they and understandably hold a grudge against people who just download and fill their hard drives with. We spent millions of dollars to create this show, and you just bloop, with one click just torrented everything. And now when we put it out officially, you don't buy it because you've eh, already, I already seen, seen it. it. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's horrible and it's, it's, it, but that's what the situation is now. I think it's how do they deal with it? You know what I mean? Right. Well, we'll be the big ch- changer in how, in where the industry goes. I think a lot of companies and, and organ, not organizations, but just industries are dealing with that right now. Like, okay, we're not going to beat the internet. How do we work with it? Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta adapt with the times. The, uh, this whole digital distribution model they're doing with comics, you know, that's the way I've converted. Since I got an iPad, I don't buy physical comics anymore. I read my manga on my, on my iPad. Yeah. That's my, I literally probably 90% of the use of this iPad is to read manga. It's the best, it's a manga reader in my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's great for reading comics and I know we're killing the ma and pa comic shops out there. Totally. But, but, and then you think about all the ma and pa things that don't exist. That's how the world has to be kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no roller, there's no roller skate fucking shops anymore. Ma and pa record stores, ma and pa, um, Anime stores are really hard to find. Well, luckily we got Anime Jungle out here. That's true. And I'm there fucking once. I love that place, man. That changed my life. As you can fucking see by the One Piece show that's about to collapse on top of my that's head. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have that. If you're like my, my little cousin lives in Florida and he's like a geek. He loves Naruto and Bleach. He's obsessed. And he's like 12 and he plays Magic the Gathering. He has to go to like a car, a comic book store like 30 miles away and play Magic the Gathering with like 40 year old dudes. Because there's nothing in, there's no geeks in this town and there's no, there's no comic book store local. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's hard. You have to search this shit out kind of. Right. Right. And luckily, thanks to the internet, you can. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sure though it hurt. And then we we're talking about all the negatives. I'm sure it's been a blessing to the industry. No. And in some ways, the fact that. Just anime is bigger now than it has been in recent years because of the internet. You can you can get the message out there quicker, and then again the digital distribution model where you you've had fans complain for years that why are you putting like they did with the DBZ? Why are there only three episodes a disc and twenty five bucks a pop? You and know? that's what most animes do, and that's kind of the rub. A lot of collectors that's that's one of the rough part. Yeah, like One Piece too. There's five episodes in a disc, and it's thirty bucks, and you can watch those five episodes for free instantly online. It's like convin- convince us to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so they try to dangle the carrot. It's like here's a free volume. Decide if you like it, because sometimes the show takes a little while to get going. 
but throw it on iTunes. Throw it on Xbox, PSN, whatever, for two bucks an episode or whatever. Start doing box sets. The box sets, you know, they're, it, it's expensive because it's it's hard material. It One costs, Piece just you know, did one. Soul Calibur, uh, not Soul Eaters. They've started to now on Blu-ray. Well, they'll give you like three discs in like 18 episodes, an entire yeah. season. That seems to be a new thing. But like for years, yeah, I remember even the manga too. It's like if you want to read Naruto or DBZ or any of these things and you want to buy them, you have to spend like $8,000 a year right. on fucking manga. And you have to have like 80 billion shelves. Yeah. So, so the other blessing and a curse is it's cheaper to get a box set, but if you've never seen the show before, would you want to buy an you, entire you, run of a show? Why are you taking a blind run on a box set? Yeah, Hulu is, is doing a lot of anime now. Yep. A lot Netflix of Netflix has a shit ton. Do they really? Oh, God, yeah. But that's got to be a good... It's tough, man. It's that weird thing of like, yes, they're not paying, but at least they're seeing it kind of... Well, I mean, Netflix obviously paid, I guess, some royalties, or I guess, to, to, to for the ability <laughs> to run that stuff. So if you're watching it on Netflix, you're not bootlegging That's the legit it. way it to is do it. So watch it on Netflix, folks, is what we're trying to say. Get it on iTunes for cheap. You know, watch it. And, and sometimes they do throw free episodes. It's like, here, get the first episode of Naruto. Uh, no, how long from uh, working on DBZ did it take for you to become established? You moved to L.A.? Six years ago. So I started in 2000, left in 2005. In those five years... I managed to get on Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, um, a couple other things, Blue Gender. Like all the big enemies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. As you know, Funimation is the, it's the house that DBZ built. So they made so much money from that property, they were able to acquire other shows. And um, based on that resume, I, I kind of befriended uh, Steve Bloom, who were fellow guests at a con. And he said, uh, I, I told him I. I'm a huge fan. I fanboyed out, got that out of my system and said, okay, well, you know, I really want to move to LA and do this for a living. And he goes, okay, cool. Well, I'll help you. I'll help you. And I thought he was just being nice, but he really meant it. I went out apartment hunted back in May of 2005. He got me a gig at like Bang Zoom Studios and another, uh, uh, another studio, New Generation, which has done the Helsing dub since then. Um, I, I met Jonathan Klein and, uh, he gave me some work when I came out here. So. By the time I moved here, I already had a resume. <laughs> now, I'm, and I'm sure, does the Dragon Ball Z narrator help getting more? Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Because Steve Bloom actually pimped me and my demo to the studio that does Naruto. That's awesome. So and that's they how said, that... hey, this guy's coming from Texas. He's got DBZ in, under his belt by five years. He's solid. He's a good guy. Give him a shot. And they did. That's awesome, dude. Now, is there any different approach when you're doing a video game than when you're doing an anime? Yeah, yeah. There's very little visual element because the game's being concurrently animated. So you have... If anything, you might get lucky and get a sketch. <laughs> of what your character might look yeah. like? Yeah, yeah, But typically it's like, okay, today you're a 300-year-old demon. And it's like, well, uh, what does he look like? And like, well, he has horns and make him sound 40. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And that's all you got to go on. He's 300 staring, going on 40. What would that guy sound like? Uh, let's see. Well, it's just probably like Sir Dude. <laughs> like, a lot of stuff sounds like Sir Dude. Well, and, <laughs> and that's the thing I've noticed, too. Um, There's two different kinds of voice actors, teams. There's the ones who can do, like, anything. Well, yeah. there's three. I met a voice actor when I was taking improv classes, and everyone was going around the room, and he was like, yeah, I do voiceover work. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing of all time. What have you been on? He was like, what do you mean? And I was like, what have you been on? He's like, no, 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 I do, like, bank commercials and stuff on the radio. And I was like, oh, you're a boring voice actor who plays, like, humans. <laughs> I want to meet someone who plays, like, a surly Nazi raccoon. Like, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so there's that kind thing. of voice actor who they do the human narration. They've got non-regional announcer voice. That's right. Then there seems to be the people who can do anything. They can, mm -hmm. you hit them with any character, they can do it. And then there's the guys 
who do seem to do one voice but do it so well that it, it translates onto you know what I mean like a John DiMaggio. Sure. There's not really a difference between Bender and uh and and uh is it Jake that yeah and Jake and yet he's amazing on both. You know what I mean? And he's great in Gears of War. And, he's, and it's the same sort of voice. Yeah. You know so th- there's people like that who just have an amazing voice and are great actors. John Benjamin yeah. It's, it's probably one of my favorite voice actors in the world, you know, from Archer and, uh, yeah, yeah. home movies and all that. Sure. Literally same voice in every show he's ever been in. That's right. And sometimes the, the folks in the anime world go, it's like, oh, it's just the same voice as this character. It's like, well, these folks get hired over and over because they're good actors. And, you know, I've recycled voices too. My Gohan sounds like Kiba. My Aizen sounds like my, my Yu Yu Hakusho villain from years ago. And Kamina kind of sounds like Great Saiyan. But you know what you can do well, right? I know what I can pull upon, and that's what I give them in the audition, and that's what they hire me for, and I'm blessed to get to do that. And so, what typically, well, like, what's your, what, what do you get typecast as in the voice acting world? What's your go-to? Like, if they need a blank, they hire you. Oh, like man. we talked to Phil Lamar about that. He's every black guy on any cartoon ever. <laughs> that's Phil's criteria for getting cast. Yeah. Um. What, I, like, what's are you a deep? Are you the deep booming voice guy? Yeah. You, sometimes, sometimes I'll just play the the big massive guy with this sort of voice, and or or once in a while a youthful sort of teen sort of guy. Um. But I get called for utility voices because I can pull a, a higher range, a lower range, have an elderly. Played, have you ever played a chick? I have played a chick. How did she sound? Lupin the Third. They just made me sound like transsexual. It's awesome. Like, oh yes, pretty little thing thinks he can take <laughs> me on. Oh. So yeah, I, I I get called in. The best text message I ever got was, "You want to be on Final Fantasy 13?" And I go, "Hell's yeah!" So I got called in. Jack Fletcher actually directed a Spirited Away dub. I know you said you don't watch the Miyazaki dubs, but I was like, "Oh my god, I've this seen is the Spirited cool. Away dub though." That's and that one's yeah. decent. That's with yeah. Hol, um, who plays her mother, uh, Lauren Holly, and like so, yeah. and James Marsden, I think. Yeah, they, they actually got a pretty pretty good. Pretty that good one's that actually one. a really decent. Dub. I think Cloris Leachman is like is Yababa or something. Like it, yeah. it's it's good that dub. That was before it jumped to like it's just Matt Damon and whoever. Here's Miley Cyrus's brother and oh my sister. god, man, that was that was um, Ponyo, right? Yeah, that was when it all the bottom fell out for me on Ponyo. It yeah. was Matt Damon and like five little kids I've never heard of who were other actors' younger brothers. That's right. That's that that other soapbox that every voice actor gets on. It's like and it's like, come on, you'd save so much money, Hollywood. It doesn't work this way. It may work in the on camera world to I'm sell doing, tickets, but I'm doing the voice thing, yeah. Well, for, there's a, there's a few people though. Like, re- okay, so I've know I know this and I've heard this a million times i don't want to say it's 100 percent true but like you hear richard dreyfus a fair amount in commercials yes that's not richard dreyfus that's his brother yeah and tom hanks is woody on the toys what you do know you it's not tom <laughs> hanks on the woody toys it's no but it's a voice match that sounds amazingly like we had it's you, his brother his we, twin brother is it really is that yeah. true yeah tom hanks's brother does the tom hanks voice match yeah. that's amazing dude i never knew that yeah who knew tom hanks had a brother he hides in a I voice anime yeah Exactly. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> have you have you ever been called in for voice matching? I have. I did. Uh, I did Seth Rogen once on. Uh, let's see. Was uh, it Monsters? Chron- no, I wish I tried out for that though. Um, the Spiderwick Chronicles. He he played a pig. Okay. Hog squeal. That was the one that was like. It looked like uh, uh, Charlotte's Web, but like weird. Kinda. It was live action, <laughs> yeah. but like freaky. Yeah. 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 
Kind of, kind of bizarre, but uh, yeah, I go in there and I just do this Seth Rogen. There's poo in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would give anything if Seth Rogen needs a replacement and is too busy that day. That's that's some that's some decent money. That's he's been nice doing a lot of voice work. Too. I mean, I just yeah. he's in Kung Fu. He's in all the DreamWorks movies. It seems like they have a couple go-to people. You yeah. know what I mean? But some of them, it's a waste. Like Jackie Chan is in Kung Fu Panda too. I think he's got five lines. Again, yeah, he got wasted. And, and none like, of them are distinguishable. Yeah. David Cross, too. Like, why are you even going to include yeah. the character if you're going to give him two lines in the entire movie? Yeah, so just hire the voice actors who do the voice match for the TV versions. Just well, give which, them a job. What was weird was, uh, I, I hate to talk about Kung Fu Panda 2 for some reason, but after I watched the, the main feature, there was a special feature that's like, the, have you seen the movie? Yeah. It's like the story of the rhino, the warthog, and like the three legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Haysbert's still there. Jean-Claude Van Damme is replaced by, like, the most French-sounding guy in the world. And Paul Shear is the voice of, like, the stoic rhino. Wow. It was bizarre, man. It was... At that point, it was like, why... It seemed like a stunt-casting fucking thing again. Yeah. Like, why would you bring Paul Shear into this? Yeah. Maybe he, he said d- he wanted sounds to. nothing like the guy he was matching, though, in the movie. Yeah. He's Paul Shear. Yeah. It's his voice. And the guy in the movie was, like, a brave ninja warrior. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I figure one time out of ten, the actor will actually just want to do it, and it's not really about the money. Can you guys go up for major animated films like that? I think we we may get a shot at the bit parts. If you watch the credits to Pixar movies, you'll see a Bob Bergen, a Pat Fraley, all the... you know, folks that you may know, you know, Billy West, you'll, you'll see their names. They're not in the main cast. So they really, the way major studios have gotten with animation is they need name only for every main cast member. It's yeah. gotta be. Hollywood is stuck on that mentality that like kids will come see Shrek because it's, uh, it's Eddie Murphy and Cameron Diaz. Like, I don't know who was in the secret of Nymph. You know what I mean? No, no one, no one does. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not a slight to the actor, but I no, mean... No, and it was still my one of my favorite... Mo- Ricky Tiki Tavi, who the fuck played the fucking weasel? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when you were a kid, nothing mattered. However, you'd hear certain voices in other places and go, Oh my God, that said same... You know what I mean? Yeah. But you didn't... You didn't, like... They <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 2 again, but like, they're showing Angelina Jolie recording her voice session. And I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't even want to be there, lady. And that's, yeah, it's like, oh, my agent told me to show up and make my, you know, million dollars to come here a couple times every six months for pickups. and They record for like a day or two probably, right? And, and like, that's all mock. You know, they set up the camera to act like they're doing the actual take. It, it, it's long been done, and it's, you know, it's down and dirty. They're wearing the headphones, and they're dressed in pajamas and unshaven. No, and, so for a voice actor, where if, if for an American voice actor, maybe primarily L.A., what are your main options? Well, uh, if you have an agent, you can access, you get access to the big cartoon studios, Nickelodeon, Disney. You know, you might get a, ch- a shot at some bit parts for DreamWorks and, and all that stuff. But yeah, the main roles, you don't even have a shot at. But other gigs, uh, the cartoons, the commercials, which I know you said, oh, that's boring if you talk to someone who does that. But I mean, it's lucrative. It's the most I'm sure common you make type money of voice on work. That, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I try out for them. I make my living doing animated Char- games. You do characters, which I, yeah, as characters. a geek, as a geek, I appreciate that more than a dude doing like, hi, I'm not from anywhere in this country. I'm from a weird TV land where no one talks like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, you know, because of the regularity of the work, I would love to get into promos and now I can build my resume being the voice sir, of sir. Dude, yeah. 
You know, I can I say, oh, that, I can work every week. I hope and, that a company wants you to offend the customers to buy into buying shit, right? Yeah, it's like I've, I've screwed ever getting to work with Disney, I guess. It's like, Disney Channel, next. Like, what's this guy done before? Sir. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, next up on Disney, Mickey's House of Mouse, and then we're going to fuck your mom. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. Pull out. That's Cleveland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dude. I love your bits. We should talk about Sir for a minute. So... How, who approached you? You did the, you were doing some Babylon stings. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but you. Yeah, yeah. Some little things for Babylon. Who approached you to, to become the Sir guy? Kevin Smith. With Kevin shout out? Well, he, not directly. I was approached by, um, uh, some, some folks in, in the stable, I guess, when Sir was getting ready to, to launch earlier in the year. And they said, Kevin loves your voice. He wants you to be the voice. It's like, really? Wow. That's great. Because he knew from the email I originally sent Ralph that they read on Hollywood Babylon that I, I'm, I'm a voice actor. I work in anime. Well, that games. was the thing. At first, when you, fir- you we first played your clip a few times and you were just random dude's name. But then at some point, someone was like, oh, this guy's a really popular voice actor. You know what I mean? So I think as the fans, we quickly realized you weren't some dude in his basement sending no, you a clip. No. You were a professional voice actor. Yeah. Who we all know from shows and stuff. <laughs> like a famous voice actor is the Sir guy, which was pretty cool, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Kevin approached me and I've been doing it ever since. They'll, they'll send me, they'll say, go to CSMOD and see the details for the dates and new shows. We need promos for those. I'll write it. I'll you write them all yourself. Yeah. A lot of people have asked that. Like, who writes those? That's I all you? Them. I write them and voice them. I upload them and then they air. Have there any, ever been any that you've, uh, you, you wanted to do, but you feel like you can't, like, cause you get pretty fucking raunchy on those things, man. I do. And they, I, 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 no one has come in and said, Hey, pull back a little bit. Hey, I, I don't have anyone. I don't have a filter. That's amazing, dude. So that's gotta be the most fun, right? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously some shows have their own promos, so I don't bother writing those, but, um, for all the Jay Silent Bob shows, all the, all the touring stuff, they want a promo and, I, as far as I know, Kevin and Jordan and Jay and everyone says, we love what you do. Just keep doing it. It's like, you don't want anything different. I heard one any- yesterday for the, I think it was for the Ireland tour. When you, there was a girl in there. Like, uh, I didn't even do that. Will just stuck this chick in that has that. It's like, it's Edinburgh. You fuck with. <laughs> That's funny, man. I didn't even, so, uh, this thing, they're so fun. Now, have you ever done any podcasting, podcasting? Like, yeah, yeah. I did, uh, when I moved here, I was doing a podcast called the Big Ball Broadcast. It was all about geeky news. You know, stuff like netheads, basically. Yeah, or, yeah. Or whatever. I did that for five years with my good friend Steve, uh, Otherworld Steve was in a band, Perimeter of the Void. Um, and yeah, yeah, we did that for five years. We did a live stream thing for the last, uh, year of it. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, Mark, uh, Swint, he did a great job kind of, kind of engineering us and, and we would just coordinate over Skype and, and do that. And then, uh, everyone's lives kind of went in a different direction. So I kind of pulled the plug on the podcast thing and said, I hope to revisit it one day. And now here I am working for Kevin Smith's podcast in network. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully something will spark. No, totally, man. Have you, okay. So let's get into conventions a bit. You tour yep. the world. Yes. Every time I see you tweet, you're in like Hawaii or New Zealand or like yeah. fucking, what what's that like? So you go to anime conventions for for DBZ mostly, or no for for all the for stuff everything. I do? Yeah, because you're in massively DBZ is kind of the American uh, thing that you've been on. But like the Yu Yu Hakusho and and what was the thing that's not right about your IMDb that you wanted to say before? Oh, uh, you said I was on Pokemon. 
You I'm were not, not Golem on Pokemon. No, no, that show's done in New York. Okay, so how does that get added? That someone's like, oh yeah, he played IMDb in one episode like, of Pokemon. IMDb and Wikipedia are user-submitted stuff, so anyone could go up there, and that's why it's not 100% accurate. If you want to see accurate credits list, go to my website, KyleABear.com. Now, we hit, let's hit the IMDb <laughs> a little bit real quick. Just through, yeah. so, so you're Ryu yes. in Street Fighter. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom That's 3. awesome. Thank you. How long did it take you to perfect your fucking Hadouken? <laughs> Hadouken! Uh, oh. not, not long, man. It came out pretty easily. Were, I, now, did you, did you know it? Like, have you been a Street Fighter fan? Not really, because I sucked at it. But I knew about it. I knew how big and influential it was. I had to sign a and confidentiality you knew that thing. You were the I character auditioned. saying the line in the entire game. Like, oh, yeah. I knew as soon as I saw the audition side, and they said, you're going to know what this is as soon as you see it, but don't freak out because Capcom's really, you know, at the time we couldn't say a word, not even about the audition. And we still can't. Non-disclosure agreements are a pain in the ass, but we got to do it. That's awesome, dude. So you got to be, you got to be real. Uh, it's Final Fantasy 13. You mentioned you were in it. Just bit parts. I have to begrudgingly ask, did you play it? Nope. Worst fucking game ever made. Is it? Yeah, we, I, t- I talked about that. I just did an episode with a Final Fantasy expert yesterday, and we talked about it for like 40 minutes, how much we hate that. Only so. Looks for, pretty. For fa- it looks beautiful, man. And hey, the bit parts were great. I was like, bit who did these bit parts? <laughs> who do you have awesome. to kill in Cocoon City in the beginning? You're like, oh, me. <laughs> uh, you were on Soul Eater, which is a show I love. Masamune, yeah. Masamune was which character? Subaki's brother. Oh, that's right. He's a bad dude. He was a bad guy. That's a cool show, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cool stuff. Um, Blue Dragon, Lucky Star. I mean, you, dude, you've done, you've done everything. What's your favorite, uh, role to perform? God, in recent years, Kamina on, on Gurren Lagann, which was a hit on sci-fi. They, they played that like at least three times over. And it's still huge. You see tons of cosplayers, uh, on the convention scene for that show. Um, I mean, honestly, and it sounds like a cop out, but, I love the fact that I get to go play and get paid for it. Not oh, dude, much. It sound, but... And believe me, no one's no one's like, oh, that guy's bullshitting. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, how does one break into? Well, let's get back to the convention first. Okay. So you travel all around travel the world around to the these world. conventions. Um, on their dime. <laughs> on their dime. Yeah. And and you meet people like from other countries who who who. And that's and a lot of people can't get it in around their heads like the voice actor thing. Like I went to the Anime Expo mm-hmm. this year to check it out, yeah, and it made me so like uh, Tara Neri had a line like two hundred deep, and it made yes. me so fucking happy. Yeah, people are hardcore fans of yours, aren't they? Yeah, they are pretty pretty wild, and I, I do get a kick out of seeing folks dressing up as Great Salmon or Kiba or Eisen or or whatnot. You know, because they're you. Yeah, it's like oh, dude, that's great. And, <laughs> You know, I'm not kidding myself. Most of the people that go to anime cons aren't dub fans, but dub actors as guests has become more of a, uh, it's caught and on. And I asked, I have asked other voice actors out on this show because, especially when you go outside of this country, do they know you from the dubs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, the shows get licensed internationally, or if they haven't picked it up there, I say they've torrented those. And I've always asked this question, though. If you went to Japan, would anyone give a shit? I don't think so. Because, that's what everyone yeah. said. Like, that's the one place where no one's going to give a fuck. They're never going to bring an English voice actor there unless they do the show natively in English, I guess. And it, wouldn't, it would be so cool if they did an American and Japanese crossover c- panel, though. Like, I'd say all the, you know what I mean? All the Japanese DBZ guys and all the American DBZ. I don't know. That'd be cool. I mean, I've met the voice actors for Frieza and Trunks. Um, I met the voice actor for Ichigo this past year and Kamina as well. Um 
Because Anime they, Expo is very Japan-centric. They're crazy famous over there, right? They're like rock stars. Like like legitimately like A-list celebrities. These yeah. The big voice actors on the shows. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, They're making six figures a year easily. And That's so crazy. Seven figures. We maybe. have nothing like that in this country, right? Except for maybe a few of the huge Nickelodeon shows or something like that. Or the yep. Disney shows. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Tom Kennys and the Billy West, the Maurice LaMarche, Phil Lamars, they're not hurting. But, I mean, they've been busting their ass. I mean, they've worked their entire fucking lives. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's the pinnacle. That's the holy grail to me. I want to be able to work on a show that's directed by Andrea Romano, who did all the Batman stuff. Love to be on a show like Batman or, or something. Be the next Tom Kenny. Be the next big pop culture animated sensation. And uh, that would be kick-ass. It's just a pipe dream that Hollywood will say, let's give a voice actor a chance and not just stunt cast. Have you ever thought about writing any of your own stuff, like your own show? After doing Once this for so moon. long, do you ever think you have an insight on how cartoons work? Like, Yeah, a little bit. Once in a blue moon, I haven't had any ideas for shows or characters necessarily, because usually you know, I'm just called upon to yeah, totally. voice act, but I'll pull from different inspirations in my head i'm a big movie buff you know i got to do a bit part on dragon ball that was totally pulled from and the director chris sabbat uh was like uh just do whatever you want with a voice i don't have any direction for you so i pulled this uh oh yes the um the truant officer from clockwork orange yes um, <laughs> yes alex skipping school yes it's like that's so obscure, but I'm going to use it. No, that's awesome. And how many people ever got it? Now, outside of these cons, do you ever get recognized? You're in a pizza place, you're ordering your food, and and you see someone's jaw drop. Only, only, only if, and it's only happened a couple of times. Only if they've happened to see me at Anime Expo, okay, or they saw me at a convention somewhere. Uh, the first time someone actually recognized me, I paid for the Dragon Ball Z game at, at GameStop with my credit card, and the guy like, "The Kyle Abert, you're on Dragon Ball Z, right?" And like. Uh, and he's like, yeah. don't you get this for free? <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, no, we don't. That was his next question. That's right. It's like, no, once in a blue moon, we might get a free copy. But uh, no, we got to buy. Do you ever feel like uh, abusing your power and just walking to like a fucking a comic book store and just Dragon Ball Z narrating or something <laughs> and watching people lose their minds and run away? I don't know, because I'm probably humble to a fault. I don't want to be like that douchey dude that just comes in. You don't have like, a don't D- you know who I am? You don't have a D-Ball Z vanity plate on your car? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought about it. When I got a new car this year, I thought about having over 9,000 or something That's awesome. On there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then someone like on Facebook goes, you don't want to do that because that's public record. You know, <laughs> someone could look up your, your plates and then find your address and then and you mentioned and, Facebook a big time, a few times. There's a huge fan base for voice actors, right? They support God, you yes. on Facebook. I mean, they, they want to know every project you're in, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Twitter, and, Facebook, all that stuff. And they seem to follow their favorite actors around. Yeah. And there's people that weren't in the social media spectrum because that word social media didn't exist five years ago until MySpace came and then left and then Facebook kind of, you know, and, and Twitter. They both seem to be equal forces out there and there's people that and it made it easy and accessible for folks who were too scared or didn't want to get out there to approach always, all these people yeah yeah to, to put them make accessible to the fans and i always done that ever since day one i i wanted to do that because i'm a fan of this stuff too i love to say let's let let's pierce the veil guys i don't want you to be to kiss my ass and tell me oh, oh you're an awesome voice actor i mean that's very flattering and i love that but i'm a person I'm a real person just like you. Wouldn't I have it, problems. I have suck, debt. Wouldn't it suck if you hated it? You said you're you're luckily you're a fan of what you did. Wouldn't it suck if you're like, I, I fucking hate cartoons. They're for little kids. Yeah, I, <laughs> then I wouldn't do it. And Is I, there anyone like that? 
I've heard rumors that there are, and that makes me sad because so many people would kill to have that job. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. And I think if you're a fan of something, that helps bring an extra level of passion to what you do. And I think that's part of why I love what I do. I love cartoons. Mel Blanc, Looney Tunes, that's what I grew up on. That's what sparked my interest. Speaking of, of people killing to do what you do... How does one break in? What's your advice for breaking into the voiceover industry? Well, you know, if you live in, in South Dakota and uh, you think you're going to be the next Which voice Which 90%, 90% of our audience is in South Dakota. Sorry. We have a weird thing. Yeah, everybody in South Dakota, <laughs> pick up and move to L.A. Uh, but there's no guarantees. That's the sad thing. It's all a risk. Just like becoming any type of actor. It's freelance. Uh, you're going to take a whole lot of rejection, so have a thick skin. you got to train. You can't just be a fan and say, I do impressions. I'm a voice actor. No, you're not. You're really not. And saying that, well, I did all these fan dubs. It's like, no, that doesn't count as experience. you got to get experience when and where you can. Network on social media. Meet other people. Learn the craft. Go online. Use it. Google is a tool. It will it will help you find the resources out there. There's tons of great classes, great coaches. There's scam artists, too, and snake oil salesmen who promise you the world. No, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. You just have to be prepared to take all the baggage that comes with it. And I, I did that. I took the plunge. It was the scariest move I ever did in my life, was leaving all my family and friends to come out here. I even left my daughter at the time because I couldn't afford to have us <laughs> both out here. So I left her with her mom. We haven't been together in years. It's like, here, just hold on to her for a few years. I'm going to get established, and then I'll take her. Now my daughter lives with me Very for the past cool. three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing the single dad thing, and I'm sticking to it. And I, I have the same, how am I going to pay the rent this month sort of stress that everyone else does. But it's like, but I wouldn't change it. But, I'm doing and then at the I end, love. you get to pay your rent by being a voice actor, which is pretty fucking cool. I get man. to say that I do what I love. And how many people do that? What's your uh, day-to-day life? Uh, like, auditions? Auditions mostly? from home. Yeah, my inbox gets... Uh, Two or three a day from my agent or, you know, maybe outside. Most of the stuff I book is not through my agent, actually. And I think most voice actors probably already told you that. It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, we so got to hustle. You got to hustle. Yeah. Got to hustle and network with other people. The people that work in anime tend to work in games. And that's starting to cross over into cartoons. It doesn't go backwards, though, because anime pays so low. People, so, oh, so if you're in cartoons, there's no way you'd... You're not going to get Billy West on, on an One anime. Piece. Okay, He's yeah, never going to yeah, do yeah. that. And it's not that he... he th- he hates it. It's just that it doesn't pay. It would make sense for him to, yeah, yeah. And the budget would just be blown up and say, we want Billy West. Like, you can't afford Billy West. When we, you know, when they're all making the money they're making on Futurama and it's, it's much easier in the prelay world where you lay down the audio first for cartoons. The animation isn't done first. You get to record as a cast. You get to play off each other's performance. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a different experience. That's, right? that's the most fun. I got to record a couple episodes of the Avengers for Disney XD. Did it like a year and a half ago. Who did you play? I can't say yet. Oh, it didn't air yet. Yeah, okay. It didn't air yet. But when it does, I'll shout from the highest <laughs> mountains like, dude, this is awesome. I'm blank. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and and that for that you got to sit with the entire cast around a table and and yeah well not even a table it's just a big studio where each actor has a music stand and mic and we all have chairs we all sit kind of in a big U or at least the one that I was participating in and uh, it's so great I that's mean, awesome dude there's downtimes we'll do like a couple pages at a time and the people who aren't doing that are reading the paper looking at their iPhone texting <laughs> and whatnot but uh, it's kind of are funny. any dream roles for you out there dream roles again uh, Andrea Romano who is I've walked past three times and I've been too chicken shit to introduce myself because like oh my god this is I can't believe it that's her that's, uh, yeah, I have to make a good impression and it's so important to me and I know I should just say hi I should just relax and I just get neurotic. I turn into Richard Lewis all of a sudden. <laughs> 
but um, I would love to work on anything that she's doing. Um, I would love to be on like a, a, a superhero show, you know, Batman or. Um, you want to be Batman? Just say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, who wouldn't want to be Batman? I mean, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Any um, anything non? Have you ever done any non voice acting? Like now that you're into acting, do you mm-hmm. do any uh, face acting? <laughs> on camera acting. There yeah, I've done a little of that. I did. I I played Wario on a show called a webisode series called There Will Be Brawl, where it's all the Smash Brothers characters. Oh, that sounds awesome. In like a dark parody, like a Soprano esque sort sort of thing. Uh, and that's on YouTube. Everyone. Check it out. Or? I think it, I think it's on YouTube, but it, I mean, there will be brawl.com. Okay, oh, you get a website. Your, yeah, yeah. theescapist.com has hosted the episodes. We did that a couple years ago, and that was a lot of fun. I work occasionally as a background, as an extra. I was on an episode of Mike and Molly and uh, Zeke and Luther on Disney XD, and once in a while, I get yeah, central casting. I'll call. And it's like we want you to be a, a this dude. I want to be a car thief on um, Shameless. It's like okay, <laughs> that may, you're like I'll do it. I mean, it gets about $100 a day, which is not a lot, but I mean, for people who bust their ass at retail and restaurants, $100 coal, is a coal lot. mines. You went to retail and restaurant. I always go to like people who work in the blood diamond field. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm not laying pipe. <laughs> no, yeah. And yeah. not even in a good way. Hey, now. Uh, <laughs> hey, now. Dude, no, but I'm saying it's just a tremendously boring. To be an extra. It's just a lot of waiting. Oh, dude. It's so, oh, my God. What's even more boring is being the PA assigned to the extras. <laughs> Cattle rustler. Oh, it's horrific. It's like, hey, you guys over there, you can't walk back there. Stay over yeah, here. It's like, you're not, you're not allowed to go to the bathroom for three hours, adult, who's had a life and has children probably. You That's know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's Don't rough, go man. over here. Don't go over there. But yeah, it's a little surreal. Like working on the Warner Brothers lot. Because I'm such a movie buff, I'm locked. You know, the sound stages have each these plaques that show what what shows were shot. Like Blade there, yeah. Runner, what, you know, Citizen Kane's like, holy shit, this is great. Big Bang Theory shoots here. This is great. <laughs> Love it. From the studio that brought you Citizen Kane, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> uh, I wanted to see if we could do a quick reading, sir. I thought this might be fun. Everyone loves the sir voice. Uh, I would, I would like to see, and I should mention, you, you were, you were kind enough to do a reading for Smidnight. You do the new outro, which everyone loves. Thank you. No worries, dude. It was cool hearing you read, like my, like the second time I went through, I was like, oh, that's badass. Someone who's good at voice acting is reading words I wrote. It makes you, it was, <laughs> made me feel really fucking cool. Let's see what Sir Guy would do with this, sir. Cold read, huh? Cold read, yep. Oh, party in the USA. Oh, you weren't, I guess we'll have to give it away, but let's do it. Let's try it anyway. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream and my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame excess. Am I going to fit in? Jumped in the cab. Here I am for the first time. Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign. This is all so crazy. Everybody seems so famous. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. That's when the taxi man turned on the radio and a Jay-Z song was on. And the Jay-Z song was on. And the Jay-Z song was on. So I put my hands up. They're playing my song. The butterflies fly away. I'm nodding my head like, yeah. I'm moving my hips like, yeah. I got my hands up. They're playing my song. I know I'm going to be okay. It's a party in the USA. What people don't know is that was your first attempt at the sir voice. 
That was <laughs> right. How would that? How would a promo from that have gone? A promo? Huh? I'd probably just no be with, the, with that other with the other voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen to Sir. Yeah, come in this way. Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, the love it. Come check it out, bitch. Yeah, they didn't like that one so much. Not so much. Not I wanted. So much. I wanted just to just to to spice things up because when you hear promos on Sir, it's a block of Kyle, which from an ego standpoint is awesome. But I know that gets old. It's you like, do get like mini episodes of you dude it's like 15 yeah. minutes of you yeah yeah it's like can we spice it up i'll just use my natural voice on this promo and change it up and, and you know uh we, we we've been talking about getting some other people on to like oh, let's get a lady in here maybe or something just so it's all that fucking like we're getting attacked by kyle yeah <laughs> it's not all about me it's like it's really not and i know that some people say oh it's commercials and they automatically tune me out because of the voice and it's like ah, yeah but hey this is fucking cool man kevin they're like oh no sir man. dude <laughs> you're saying people t- i don't think so man I, think, oh, I, think, I hope not. I think you've become a, a, a loved part, a much beloved part of the network. Um, Thank you, man. I, lo- I, I hope so. <laughs> and I definitely appreciate you coming out to chat with me today, dude. This was oh, a lot pleasure. of fun, and I hope we can do more of this in the future. Uh, where can people find you online, good sir? Well, the tricky thing about my name is it sounds like it starts with an A, but it actually starts with an H. Uh-oh, French. Yeah. Getting French on you. Louisiana French. Bear is H-E-B-E-R-T. So Kyle Hebert. Go to KyleHebert.com. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Kyle Hebert, and facebook.com slash Kyle Hebert VO. Unless you're from Louisiana, otherwise you're thrown off by this whole Hebert talk. I am, but people spell, think it's Herbert. It the right way. If you put Kyle, KyleHerbert.com, Hubbard, yeah. it's not going to show it's up. It's not going to You should buy Kyle Herbert, just in case. I probably should. There's a dude in a Cajun band. He plays bass guitar. His name's Kyle, Kyle Hebert. He probably uh, hates mine. Yeah, ass. you guys should fight. I keep on getting all the URLs from social media. You and... should totally fight one day. One time, someone did try to offer to buy my uh, URL, but it wasn't Why? Money to, I don't know. I guess they just another Kyle Abear. They were world. like, "Look, I want to buy your your URL, but it's going to be a picture of a naked dude punching, <laughs> a, hitting himself in the head with a hammer. That's all the front page is going to be." Oh God, yeah. You're punch, like, punch myself if in the you pay junk. me enough. Uh, that's that guy calling right now to try to rebuy that site. Uh, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been so much fun, Kyle Abear. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, folks, and. Uh, I'm going to go take this call because you never know. It might be now that now that I've got my, my claws in the voiceover world, it might just be Uncle Walt. You know what I mean? Calling from calling from the great beyond. We can hope so. We man. can we can only hope so. And until then, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged aborted. It's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Live. <laughs> Sneak attack. What? You didn't even expect it. And that's why. It's all up in your face. What's going on, folks? Uh, thanks to Mr. Kyle Bear for, for sitting down and chatting. That was a really fun time to follow him on the interwebs. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Kyle Ebert, H-E-B-E-R-T, or, uh, KyleEbert.com. And of course, uh, you could hear him as the voice of Sir on Smodcast Internet Radio. For more of my shenanigans, because let's be honest, uh, check me out on Twitter at CamelToad. CamelToad Productions is relaunched as of today, folks. If you're listening on launch day, it's January 1st, the, in the, in the year 2012 of your Lord. And all kind of fun stuff is popping off over at CamelToadProductions.com. Also check out the YouTube page, uh, CamelToad Productions on YouTube. We're, we're doing, we're, we're doing video now. Uh, give a listen to Smidnight, all the other Smod Pods, more stories, Team Jack. And just, you know what? enjoy yourselves enjoy yourselves and enjoy and enjoy thanks guys we'll see you next time
Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.